Get personal with loyalty, where we're discussing using loyalty to deliver personalized, relevant customer experiences. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Get Personal with Loyalty. Today, I'm here with Dave Mansfield, the EVP of Analytics for Tandem Theory. Welcome, Dave. Many, many thanks for having me today. I appreciate the honor and the privilege of joining you today. Thank you. So excited to have you. I love the topic of analytics. <laughs> Before we dive into that, though, why don't you take a couple minutes and give us a bit of your background and how you ended up in analytics and in this fun space that we call loyalty? Yeah, I, my, I'm dating myself here, but it kind of goes back 30 plus years. And it really started with, I would say, a barcode. Back in the early 90s, I joined a company that was putting barcodes on print pieces. So if you remember the old mail that you get in your mailbox on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we were kind of putting barcodes early on in those days to track and measure ROI for some of the media spend for our clients. So at a really, very early age, I was into ROI and making our clients' investments accountable, right? And more importantly, measurable, right? And then on top of that, you know, it's all about optimization. So I kind of got into the world of CRM and loyalty and using these tools, you know, to build transactions, to build, you know, comp growth for our clients year over year through a simple barcode, you know, and that's kind of where it all started for me. And that's kind of my entree into the world of data, the world of measurement, you know, the world of bringing data pieces together, right, to kind of fill our data curiosity, to make sure that our marketing efforts are impactful, that are driving ROI. You can basically, at the end of the day, assign, you know, a dollar to every marketing action that you do. So that's kind of where I got my start and how I've been able to enjoy data ever since, you know. So wow, yep, that's pretty quick. Hopefully that was clear, but that's kind of how I started. And my love of data continues to this day. I don't know. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to manage. I don't want to, you know, lead. You know, I want to lead by example, meaning that, you know, I like to get my hands into the data. You know, I like to work with the teams, you know, collaborate with the team, find measurement solutions, you know, with the team. So if I can get my hands dirty in the data, that makes me happy. Love it. I love that there are people like you. <laughs> love data, but I'm not capable of doing it to the extent that you do. And so significant because I've been around, I think, as long as you have and have seen a lot of changes. And certainly back then, their loyalty as an example was just getting started. It was a lot of money being spent on advertising and not much of that was able to be tracked. You know, for the audience here that may be listening that's younger, <laughs> that's a pretty significant um, what you guys were doing was pretty significant and and being able to or being conscious enough to have a call to action at that point in time to be able to track how the efforts were working. Yeah. And sometimes that was our only way of doing it. Right. Like CRM or one to one communications was collecting that data manually. I mean, back in the day, we were doing manual collection of coupons and receipts, you know, and tying that receipt data in back to individuals and then using that in our CRM efforts. So this was before the day, you know, even of, you know, loyalty programs for a lot of our clients, you know, having the ability to track data down to an individual level. We really had to kind of get scrappy back in the day, 100% for sure. For sure. So fast forward a few decades, I guess. <laughs> now you're with Tandem Theory. For those that don't, aren't familiar with Tandem Theory, what, what is it that you guys do and, and what is your role there and how are you helping clients? Yeah, so... My role is kind of, you know, I'm responsible for kind of building all the measurement and analytical solutions, you know, across all our clients' activities. So 
whether that's in a, like you said, we're kind of 20, 30 years later now, the world's gotten a lot more complicated in terms of data. It's got a lot more challenging, but a lot more fun, right? The world's evolved. And so my goal with our team is just to make sure that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're making all our marketing actions accountable, right? We're able to measure it, quantify it, tell us how it's working, what is working, what is not working, where it's working, where it's not working, and really kind of inform and help, whether it's our teams, whether it's our media teams, our strategy teams, what is it that's working? Where do we need to look into, you know, tuning things, fine-tuning things? And a lot of times about where do we need to test further, right? A big proponent of test and learn, you know, constantly filling that testing pipeline so that we can always have, you know, levers that we can pull, right? That's a key in this day and age is knowing what works and what doesn't work, whether it's for an individual or for a certain segment of your audience or customer base. That's kind of key for us too, is like our client, and you might have a current period where you have sales challenges, right? You know, our job is to help you inform what are some of those levers that you can pull, right? That whether it's a short-term or a long-term application that can drive those incremental or those comp results. So, you know, our job is across all the different channels, whether it's CRM, whether it's loyalty, whether it's across traditional media or digital media, we're kind of in charge of making sure we manage the analytics around all those different programs. And the other thing I would kind of say is we've kind of grown into too, is a kind of one of, you know, you know, it's only part of the, responsibility is that with all this new data, you know, that's come, you know, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, comes a lot more data problems, right? So we find ourselves too kind of filling the role of data steward, you know, and that's become a big part of our responsibility is kind of making sure that when you do have a lot more data, when you do have a lot more partners that you rely on for that data, the accuracy is of the utmost importance, right? So it's really key that we spend a little bit of time too on the data stewardship side to make sure that we're detecting whether it's anomalies in data, issues and gaps in the data, and just making sure, you know, that the data is, you know, as accurate as it possibly can be, that we're telling the right story, the right set of results every time. I think that's another key that I've kind of learned over the particular last five or 10 years, I would say. Amazing point. And it was, so, so let's table that for a second. I definitely want to dig into data stewardship, but to, I think help us all have a frame of reference for how the conversation is going to continue tandem theory, am I accurate in saying that you guys are agency that is supporting clients across, I believe you said, multiple strategies, multiple channels. So I tend to think loyalty as, as the end game, but I also get very programmatic just because of where I sit. You guys are much broader than that. And in supporting, you mentioned media, you mentioned other digital channels. So whatever marketing efforts or levers a brand could pull to drive more revenue, longer customer lifetime value, et cetera, those are the types of things that you guys are getting your hands into and, and helping your clients with. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, we, Tam Theory, yes, is a full service, you know, analytically driven, you know, agency, right? I mean, we, in the last, you know, four or five years, we've kind of built up our capabilities, you know, to be that full service, right? And so we kind of think of loyalty in a, you know, more probably holistic sense, you know, I kind of think of it as holistic, right? It does, doesn't have to be a loyalty platform that you sit on top of your POS system, right? That signs points and rewards. You can be other levers that you can dial up, you know? I kind of think of loyalty as part of your CRM engine, right? You know, what are the things that I can do to communicate to you, whether that's through a platform, whether it's through your communications one-to-one, whether it's email, text, et cetera, or whether that's, you know, online, you know, through your website, through some of the online channels that I can personalize to you. So I kind of think of loyalty broadly in that respect. 
And that's definitely what we're responsible for, right? Is kind of to your point, dialing up those channels or dialing up those avenues that we can use to get our communications out, right? To create those actions that we want. Yep. And you can't be effective if you're not looking at the data. Yeah, yeah. The data drives everything and the data helps you measure it on the back end, right? So it's a constant, you know, loop of looking at the data. What is it telling us? What do we need to do? What do we need to test? And then constantly, you know, using testing control, for example, to always measure is it generating incremental lift? We're big about, you know, lift and did we see, you know, lift from these actions, right? We're big into using, you know, signal data is great and other tools, you know, online from some of the, you know, media platforms are great. But at the end of the day, our clients want to know, right, did it drive visits? You know, did it drive sales for me, right? That's kind of what they're we're responsible for at the end of the day. And that's what they're looking for us to deliver. Yeah. As you're talking and I'm thinking about this, there's there's what you just mentioned, the what did this marketing effort do for me? But then there's the data that's being collected that is about the customer. So it's first party, zero party data, things we always talk about, but it's how the customer has behaved, what their interactions are, and you've got to utilize that, right, in order to actually increase results. Maybe chat a little bit about that. Like, how do you guide clients from that perspective? Data is important to collect, and how do you use that data to then increase the results in these different activities? Yeah, great question. We're, we are very lucky. A lot of our clients have really rich customer tied transactional data, meaning that for a lot of our clients, nearly 100% of their business, 100% of their revenue, 100% of their transactions and visits, you know, we have a lot of retail clients and restaurant clients are tied to an individual. So first party data is probably the biggest key for us, right? And whether or not that's first party data that comes through via, you know, you have to have that data, your brand that has to have, you know, your email address, your phone number, your your name, address, and things like that. Um, a lot of our clients have that richness of data, first party data. So we know exactly who you are and what you've done, you know. But secondly, it could be brands that leverage other tools, whether it's loyalty as a data collection point, whether it's CDPs as another kind of enrichment and ability to kind of, you know, tie an identity graph, your, you know, your customers together and kind of create that golden record. We kind of leverage all those tools, right? Because what we get the most res best results from is when we have that individual data, right? So that first party data you mentioned is really key, right? You may use third party data and other overlays, whether it's, you know, your zero party data, you know, your second party data and all that kind of fancy stuff. But the key to that starting point is, you know, what first party data you available, right? So, you know, because then you can create not only the individual in this, right, and understand individually doing what, but if you need to, you know, understand cohorts and segments and things like that, it allows for that flexibility, right, and analytics to understand who is driving your business, you know, from a kind of a descriptive perspective, you know, what are the opportunities in the business, what are maybe some of the segments that, you know, you might see that are not driving, you know loyalty or driving our comps, or maybe this particular group of customers is the group that is causing us to have those sales challenges, right? So having that first party data is key because it kind of allows you to um, be able to go in there and create those individuals as well as individual guest cohorts or segments that, you know, you can use to describe to, you know, C-suite or to your clients. These are the people who we need to target that we need to take action on, right? Those kind of things. Thank you for that. As you're talking and you're focused on this first party data, 
I end up in conversations with people a lot and we talk about data and the ability to collect unlimited number of attributes. And there's some cool technology now that allows you to progressively profile customers. So we have clients that are serving up different questions every time somebody logs in that are fun and interactive, which is fun and exciting. But as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that maybe that's causing almost more challenges for brands than the good it's helping because then you end up with so much data that what are you able to do with it then? And does that become just almost a burden or how do you guide clients there? Because I like the fact that you started with first party data is important work with that. And then is it then once you've established that and, and you're doing good things from there, then you can add on those other kinds of cool and exciting ways to collect more. What, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, we we're definitely looking, always looking for ways to enhance that data, right? Like we talked about third-party data, whether it's like, for example, demographic data. Example: Still, a lot of clients love to understand, like, okay, what does my customer look like, right? What does my guest look like in terms of demographics? So that's still a big thing. You know, clients like to create segmentation, whether it's demographic segmentation, transactional segmentation, or some kind of hybrid method, right? Of both. So. We still layer on demographics. The other thing, you know, kind of to your point about, you know, fun is, yeah, data is fun, obviously, but we really kind of rely on metrics that matter, right? Like what are the lagging indicators? What are the leading indicators that best help us understand and predict, right? What What is going to help us say, this is something that tells us that we might have a sales challenge 90 days from now, right? So to your point about like a survey or something, right? We do do surveys in a couple of forms. Number one, we do a lot of voice of guest data surveys, right? So that helps us kind of put perspective to maybe some of the whys, right? Like what is in the mind of the consumer? What are they challenged with today? So we do kind of keep for a lot of our clients use that voice of the guest to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of what might be happening from a macro perspective, what might be happening from, you know, a day in the life perspective, you know, what are the challenges that they're faced with, right? So, because, you know, we always hear these stories, you know, there's these headwinds out there, whether it's inflation or this or that, you know, so we always try to keep our finger on the pulse of, you know, the mind of our customer, right? Secondly, you know, we might do other surveys that are ad hoc, you know, to address a certain business problem or a new concept or, you know, testing things as well. So we use it for concept testing as well. So we're always seeing like, you know, how would you respond to this? Or what if we change something in our loyalty program to that? How would you respond? Any caveats, you know, any thoughts that you have around this, whether it's, you know, we did a survey back in the day for one brand where we, te- you know, just asked them, out, you know, outright, so I'd say, what if we reduce the frequency or the the cadence and the the length of time of the expiration for these rewards, right? And got a feel for them to say, hey, what would be tolerable, right? Because what we found like in that day was that, you know, the shorter the expiration window, you know, we could compress purchase cycles, we could create better incrementality rather than putting like a 90 day expiration. So at that point we're testing things and that. So we went to the voice of the customer just to say, what do you think about this, right? You know, would this be a turnoff, that kind of thing. So we really leverage that data to kind of give us additional guidance and insights into what might be happening, what we see in the, you know, historical, you know, kind of transactional data and to help us kind of adapt and think about our strategies, whether it's, you know, CRM strategies, whether it's loyalty strategies or tuning, that kind of thing, or testing. You know, we can get a lot of good testing ideas sometimes, like the expiration date. We took that, we went in market, did in market testing of different expiration windows and found an optimal time frame, you know, that we heard from our guests that 
that was, you know, ideal. It was okay. Don't give me a 10 day expiration, right? But I'm okay with this. So just listening to their feedback, following up with the market testing versus controls, we were able to kind of come up with a more optimized program or set of expirations that kind of accomplished two objectives, right? Continue to make the guest happy, right? And that they were able to redeem the rewards. Secondly, was able to, you know, deliver the action that the client wanted in terms of driving incremental results. So again, we've kind of focused on, you know, as I call it, the metrics that matter, right? You know, there is a lot out there, but you just, you know, you just have to get through, what am I trying to drive here, right? And metrics can help me understand, you know, how I can either do it better, identify the testing opportunities, or how did something do, so. And the metrics that matter, I wrote that down. Do you have metrics that matter that are similar or core that most companies would need to be watching? I'm sure everybody's different and everybody has different objectives. And so there's, but I'm thinking maybe there's a core, I don't know, four or five or something. And, and then they differ based on maybe size of company, type of company, where they are in their life cycle, variety of things, right? Yeah, I'd say I put in two buckets. I think there's the business, right? The enterprise, which is, you know, am, you know, at the end of the day, right, you know, uh, what gives our clients, you know, keeps them up at night, gives them those hard burn, right, is I've got to drive comp revenue, I've got to comp, drive comp transactions and visits, right, and I've got to do that profitably. So I would say, you know, comp, you know, results is probably the biggest metric that matters most, right, consistently every client, right, I mean, that's kind of what we're driving to. It's nice that, hey, we did this program and we got this kind of response, you know, but if that doesn't at the end of the day lead to driving comp sales, like like I said earlier, we have a lot of restaurant clients, a lot of retail clients, they're all about driving comps, right? And they're looking at that day in, day out, week to week, you know? So we're looking on a very frequent basis, you know, we're reacting and adjusting on a daily and weekly basis and weekly cadence. So I think, you know, in terms of the metrics, those are key. I think the timeliness is key, right? We can't wait weeks. We can't wait months. You know, we've got to be very nimble. We've got to be able to have, like I talked about earlier, we got to have in our toolbox the things that we can, levers that we can pull. So if we have the last two weeks up and down and we see a trend of something happening, um, you know, we've got to be able to act, right? So I think that's key. And then secondly, the, the second area I'd say is around guests and customers, right? So just constantly looking at some of those, you know, lagging and leading indicators, right? Whether it's, you know, churn, you know, whether it's retention rates, whether it's like days between visits, maybe some things that you can look at that may give you a leading indicator, right? Like, for example, if I'm a brand that uses appointments, so did I make an appointment? So I came in, you know, let's say, for example, making this up, you know, let's say I'm a hair haircutting client, right? Did I make the next appointment, right? So these are some of the leading indicators we look for, right? It says, hey, if, if on the day's appointment you came in, you know, but you didn't make that next appointment, and when we see that a larger share of our, you know, transactions don't have that next appointment book, those are things that we're constantly looking at as well on a customer or guest level. So that can help us understand that we might have a problem, you know, in the next 30, 60, 90 days. So we're looking at a lot of the guest level metrics as well to help us understand, you know, whether or not we need to be taking action today versus waiting until something happens, you know, 30 days from now. Thank you for that. 
great insights and great information as people are listening to this and thinking about, okay, what data should I be watching and and what can I be doing with it? So thank you for the examples too. Um, and go back to your just, happy, you know, your fun thing earlier. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. But, you know, survey data, you know, is also, you know, we look at that a lot too, right? Like just look at your customer sat stuff. So if, you know, a lot of our clients will run, you know, ongoing customer sats, you know, the stuff that you see on your printed out receipts, you know, if you get it like, you know, go to this website, fill out the survey. That data is very important as well. Just keep an eye on that, you know. So, you know, I would say, you know, what we've seen with a lot of brands too is like, you know, when you have a single point change, like for example, in a overall satisfaction or someone says, what was the value? Did I get value out of this particular service or transaction? All those key metrics use those as well because those translate a lot of times into revenue, you know. So a one point increase in your satisfaction, for example. That can sometimes translate into, you know, millions and tens of millions of dollars in revenue opportunities. So those are other things to kind of keep an eye on as well, because operational metrics are also key, right? At the end of the day, if you execute, you know, that's your greatest loyalty driver, right? So use those as well to kind of understand and inform the opportunity, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And I'm taking that into something that's actionable. So if you see that increase in satisfaction, so people are happier, chances are they're out telling their friends that they had these great experiences, so they're bringing more people in that way. A thousand well. percent. Yep. It all it's all interrelated. It all works together. Yep. Exactly. A big circle. We're quite a ways in, and we have not actually used the word personalization <laughs> in all this all this data talk. Curious your take on that because obviously we talked about collection of data. People are collecting it. Your clients, every brand is. But as consumers, probably see experience this too. But I think my inbox is more full now than it was three, four years ago with emails. And I'm giving more data out, but every email is still very, very generic. Are we just, are we finding that we just want to, the more hits we have in front of somebody, the more common we become? So there's loyalty build up that way, or is it we're, we're just not utilizing our data the way we should? What, what's your take on, on what's happening and why we're not maybe getting some of that suggestive selling that we could be receiving? Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, it, it is, it's a tough place because, it has a lot of requirements, first and foremost, right? I mean, you know, I still see data kind of getting the way personalization, right? I still see a lot of kind of your point of just making sure we're in the inbox, you know, like I'm too, I don't want to reduce my frequency, right? Because, you know, a lot of brands still look at it. It's like, I've got to be out there in the inbox, whether it's daily, sometimes, you know, multiple times per day, you know, I got to get those impressions out there can't afford to, you know, turn down the dial, right? I'll just use email. That's obviously one that, you know, we talk a lot about that gives us a lot of ability to do personalization, gives us a lot of flexibility, you know, whether it's frequency, tailoring the message and things like that. But yeah, I still see that a lot, you know, you kind of have to balance, right? About creating those impressions, getting the inbox, getting noticed because you are, you know, you still have to have that frequency and impression level. You still are competing, like you said, against so many other brands that go out there, you know, some a little bit more respectful in terms of cadence, right? Than others, I'll just call it right. But you kind of have to sometimes have to be out there, right? In terms of personalization, yeah, I think, you know, some of the things that still kind of get in the way is just testing and learning, like what works, what personalization should you employ, right? Like what variable should I tune? I think data is still another one, you know, just access to the data, having, you know, that I guess 360 type of thing readily available that I can action off of, right? So whether it's me saying like, hey, 
this particular customer's next likely action or my next best action for what I should serve up in terms of content or whether it's a product or a category or an offer or reward. I still think there's a big opportunity for some of that, you know, in terms of having that data available, what I trigger off of, and then what I communicate in that trigger. So just getting the basics out of the way, right? Just doing things like, for example, loyalty. I still, for loyalty, I still see a lot of clients that don't even boilerplate loyalty information, right? Like that's a huge win, you know, just for example, loyalty, just telling people, right? Here's how far you are to your next reward, you know, kind of having them understand how far they are to kind of getting that, you know, that next, you know, reward or next dollar or next food item, you know, those kind of things. I think that's huge, just telling people where they're at, you know, whether that's a certain level, you know, I'm this many points away from getting to this next tier or this next reward. I think just making sure if you have a loyalty program, for example, you're boilerplating things of that nature. Start with the basics. You know, I've seen some clients who, you know, just say, hey, you know, if, for example, you're a brand that is like in the credit business or something like that, or you can communicate to a consumer, your customer, how much buying power they have, you know, maybe it's whether it's, you know, on a gift card or, you know, within their loyalty balance or some other, you know, buying power metric that you can layer into your communication. That helps a lot. So just start, you know, very basic metrics to empower, you know, and inform, you know, what they have in their balance, you know, what they can use that credit for, what they can use those reward points for. I think that goes a long way. So again, just starting with the basics, you know, and then, you know, because you still see a lot of challenges with, you know, content, you know, being able to serve up relevant, you know, whether it's imagery, whether it's, you know, total messaging that's, you know, specific to one customer that speaks differently to a customer that may be in a different life stage, a different demographic profile, those kind of things. So I still see a lot of challenges there and a lot of opportunity, I'll call it, to just be more relevant in whether it's imagery messaging, you know, creative content, you know, copy and all that stuff. But um, again, just start with the basics, you know, do those right. If you have loyalty, like I said, get that in there, you know, to keep people informed, having them chase their next reward is huge, you know, understanding, you know, I've got opportunity to come and visit you today, whether I have a balance, you know, or something like that, that's huge as well. That, that's wonderful guidance. I, um, it, to reiterate it, you talked about using as an example, loyalty program and just being able to reference where that person's progress is in that program. Do they have points? Do they not? Do could they be redeeming? Do they, could you, could they earn more? Are there other ways to earn? And just being able to communicate with them about that just to build engagement, which in my mind, and, and I think you shared this as well is, is pretty, I would think in the level of complexity is pretty simple. Those should be things that could pretty easily be triggered out of any kind of loyalty platform. I tend to, when I talk about personalization, because it's probably my own dream, <laughs> is that I bought this outfit. Now, when other things go with it, why don't you serve those up to me with a button that says purchase? Because I would do that. <laughs> but I think to your point, it's a little, it's harder to do that because there's so many other aspects that go into being able to deliver that experience in a seamless way. Yeah, there's, there is a lot of challenges, right? Every brand's not an Amazon, right? You know, um, you know, whether it's the power of having individual data, right? That's a challenge. Whether it's the platforms they use themselves, right? Cost comes into play a lot of times, right? Whether it's, you know, creating the content or whether it's, you know, the platform itself, you know, you've got to upgrade and add components. That's always a challenge. But, you know, again, just start basics, start even with a segmented approach. You don't have to get a full one-to-one, -one, right? But 
you can start segmented and then layered on as more you know about like you said the more you know about someone then you can tailor those right and then you know layer in more advanced analytics right that kind of help you understand i have to you know the next best product or the next likely action or whatever start to layer those things in but start simple and then iterate and grow from there 100 thank you for that so to, to maybe jump from there into a topic that everybody seems to talk about these days machine learning ai <laughs> where do, where are you seeing where where does that sit is it something that people need to be jumping on today are there ways to take baby steps or is that the right way to go what's what's your take on on all and the opportunity that ml and ai could be providing to brands or to their customer yeah they're a great question you know, I kind of think of more like the machine learning side of it, you know, and I kind of think of it about, you know, kind of position this in the sense of like loyalty, right? I kind of see one of the big opportunities for machine learning and those kind of things in more of the loyalty space, right? I think a lot of loyalty platforms, I'll just talk about loyalty if that's okay with you, because that's where I see the yeah. biggest opportunity potentially with like machine learning is in, you know, a lot of loyalty platforms do a great job executing, right? Okay, I want to do a points program and I want to reward, you know, my customers with, you know, dollars back or food back or reward, some type of reward back, right? I think a lot of platforms do a great job of that, right? What I would kind of like to see, you know, just kind of in those platforms is the flexibility and the control, right? And, you know, it doesn't just have to be points or it doesn't have to be, you know, I can only redeem for food or I can only redeem, you know, for dollars or whatever the case might be. For example, based on my current performance as a customer, based on my current metrics, where I am in terms of, you know, whether I'm a frequent guest or, you know, maybe I'm a guest who comes more occasionally, I would like to see ML used to kind of, you know, help optimize the loyalty experience, right? So that's kind of where I see the biggest opportunities being a little more using ML for personalization, like we just talked about, right? So that it doesn't have to be a one size fits all for a guest. I can not only leverage ML for my points and my managing my discounting line and managing you as a customer from a rewarding perspective, but also from a CRM overlay perspective, it's like, you know, we talked a little bit about next best action. So if I'm a guest and I'm earning points and I'm coming occasionally, learning from everyone else's action, using all that data to understand maybe what should I be using or leveraging in my toolbox, right? So do I need to give this customer an incremental reward, right, to get them to come back? Do I need to give them, you know, a food reward versus a dollar reward? You know, I kind of look at it as, like I said, ML as being a tool that you can leverage that capability to kind of drive incremental results and constantly tune and fine tune your loyalty program. And again, whether that's from the points, the basic structure of the loyalty program, or whether it's the CRM overlay. So a lot of brands, you know, will, you know, bring in, you know, like I said, like a next likely action type of model, right? Or this is the next kind of, you know, product that, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you've just bought this, I should serve up this, you know. But doing that more on a on the fly, you know, one to one basis, I think is huge. That's kind I of where really, I see it. I really like it. I think I have two questions, and I think I'm going to throw them both out there so that you can decide where to go. Um, machine learning and getting that understanding, we need a certain amount of data in order to really make that work, I believe, and need want you to talk about that. But then also you pushed around in the system having ML, which I think is 
great in theory to be able to have a system that's churning through the data so that someone else doesn't have to. But we can do ML if we have brilliant people like you on the team, right, where the data could be extracted and and then analysts can churn through the data to be able to you know, potentially push that back in in various segments based on, on, on behavior that's being seen. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things there. I think, number one, you don't really need a lot of data. You can learn a lot, right? Like, let's say, for example, I'm a new customer, right? Well, there is a lot of data just on your single visit, right? And so what we find a lot of times is, let's say I have a new customer come in the door, right? There's a lot of data that you have on your, that we have on you, right, that can inform, like, for example, are you likely to someone on that first visit to even come back, right? There is a ton of data that we collect. So right out of the gate, you know, before you even have to have a history, right, of behaviors, right, over time, we can learn a lot to help start to predict, right? Are you someone who is going to likely churn? Are you someone who's likely to come back, right? And then we can take action on that. So there's things that you can do right off the bat, right, using traditional models like churn models and retention models, things like that, right, just to kind of help predict that and action off that, right? Secondly, you know, once you do have more data, like you said, you know, you can start to understand the patterns and the cadences and more about those individuals in terms of maybe I spend more, become less, become more, but spend less, you know. You can layer in things like profitability and other metrics into that. Maybe someone who has breakage and loyalty more than others, right? Or you don't you don't use the program or it's engaged in the program, and that therefore translates into me not seeing you as much, you know. So all those data points are all things that kind of feed into those models, right, to help us understand what I need to do next to action off of. So you don't need a lot of data, number one. And then when you do start to have a lot of data and create those patterns, you know, you can use some of those tools like we talked about, you know, to kind of pull the dials, right, or turn the dials and pull the levers, right? So that's kind of the way I see it. You know, don't don't have to wait to do something. You can action immediately. And then once you do understand and learn more, you can do even, you know, richer, whether it's analytics or whether it's uh, richer actions, if that makes sense. Terrific. Terrific. So a lot of what I've taken from this conversation is don't need a lot of data. <laughs> No, you, well, you'd be surprised at how much data you do get, right? You know, when someone comes in, you you get a lot about like time of day, you know, what they did, you know, like I mentioned earlier, did I book my next appointment, right? And then if you're collecting other data, you know, integrating that, you know, across all your platforms, whether it's, you know, the time I made the appointment online, you know, and I'm collecting that data, whether it's all the in, in-store visit data, you know, that you collect, you know, there's a lot of data. I think maybe some people may or may not be surprised by how much data you actually get by just seeing someone one time. So, yep. I think that that's great to know and great to focus on that. The data you're most likely collecting, you can action on. So no, no need to wait to, to start making or taking action to drive stronger customer lifetime value. Talk to them in a way that is relevant based on, on the information you have. You don't have to make that horribly sophisticated. Just being relevant will be meaningful in and of itself. 100%. Yep. Yeah, and again, like we said, start with segmentation. Like if you're new or you're someone who's embracing loyalty versus not embracing loyalty, if you're engaged in the program, you're not. If you're engaged in your communications, you're not. By someone not doing something, that and by itself, right, is learning that you can feed in, right? So you don't have to do something. The lack of doing something or seeing something is just as informative as seeing someone actually take an action, right? So, yep. 
Another great point. That's wonderful. Well, uh, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's super interesting. I learned a lot. Some of the things I I thought you needed to do, I guess you don't have to. So hopefully others have gotten a lot out of this as well. As, as we wrap up, anything else that you'd like to share, any guidance you'd like to give to the audience that we didn't cover already? Just start with some basics, right? Just review what data you do have, you know? I would say, you know, like loyalty is for a lot of brands still kind of like the key first party data, you know, platform for a lot of people to understand who their guests are. You know, you can use that to build around. And and we talk about personalization, you know, just again, start with the basics, you know. I think, you know, data is another big one. I was kind of, you know, I'm big on kind of connecting dots, you know, on the data. So I would say like, make sure you spend enough time, you know, on the quality of the data, you know, and the integration of that data. There's still, you know, a lot of disparate data out there. There's still a lot of gaps in the data I've seen, you know, where, you know, a lot of times the right hand doesn't talk to the left hand, right? So, like, for example, you know, you may push an update to your app out. Just make sure you're testing changes to every part of the process, right, to make sure the data is still flowing. Make sure you have a consistent flow of data. Make sure you're always checking for the quality of data. Things change all the time. You know, you might change loyalty platforms. You may have a change in your attribution partner, you may change any number of things, right, from day to day. So always make sure you're testing the quality of the data. Make sure you spend the time up front to make sure the data is flowing properly. There's no gaps. You're doing anomaly detection of the data. That's first and foremost. You know, that's the big thing that I see these days, just data quality. So, and then secondly, like we talked about, just review what you have, you know, what the gaps are, kind of do a gap analysis in terms of where you want to go, what your ideal vision is versus what you have today. That's a big part of it too. There might be some things in the data you can leverage that you don't even know, you know, I mean, we have clients that still use when they don't have customer data, there might be opportunities and other data you collect, whether it's online or whether it's data you collect via other mechanisms like credit card hash data. A lot of brands still use credit card hash data and other points to you know to manage and understand transactional data. So just again, review the data you do have. There might be some, you know, you might find some gold in what you already have. And then um, like we talked about, look for those opportunities, you know, when you're reviewing whether it's platforms for loyalty or whether platforms CRM, make sure, you know, they always fit your end vision state. You know, you can measure the metrics you want, you can does what you want in terms of today. A lot of times we see that a loyalty platform or a CRM platform that worked for you three years ago may not be the platform, you know, so constantly review the platforms you're using because some of those platforms can kind of complement and supplement the data to help you better inform your decisions, you know, because there's a lot of whether it's signal data, whether it's a lot of third-party data that they might have, you know, just look for, you know, things that will enrich, you know, what you need to know about your customer. Perfect. That's a that was wonderful. a lot. That was a lot of hopefully helpful. That was a lot of. No, I think that was a wonderful way to end. And what I loved about it is I wrote down data stewardship, and I forgot to go back to it, and you did. So that was that was a perfect way to end that. Thank you so much for all of your insights. Again, lots of learnings that I had, and I'm sure everybody that's listening has those as well. And to that, how does somebody get a hold of you? So if somebody's super inspired and wants to learn more, how do they find you, Dave? Well, yeah, you can, you know, always reach out to, you know, one of my colleagues like Jess Hilton, for example, just.hilton at tandemtheory.com. You can reach out to me. It's just my first name, dot last name at tandemtheory.com, dave.mansfield at tandemtheory.com. You can text me, call me, whatever, you know, if you want. 
readily available, 469-682-6147. But yeah, if you ever, you know, I live and breathe data. You know, I like to, you know, whether it's fixing data, figuring out how to solve data problems with, you know, maybe data that's either unreliable or inconsistent. If you ever just want to talk shop, I love talking to stuff. And I'm kind of sick that way, I'll be frank with you. You know, if you want to call me at midnight, I'm probably churning data at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. So this is the kind of stuff I love. People have hobbies. If you ever have a use case or a problem or just want to chat about something, I'm always here to just chat data, right? Because, you know, in this day and age, you know, we have we have so much data. It's coming in from so many places. The data doesn't always connect easily, you know, and I love working through problem solving, those kind of things. So, yeah, like I said, you know, you contact Jess Hilton or myself or for anything you want to chat about, talk about. Like I said, you know, we're here to do that. Terrific. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. It was an honor and privilege talking to you and being on here today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Get Personal with Loyalty. Join us next time for more loyalty insights. Until then, dare to dream. Let Annex Cloud help make your dreams a reality. Visit AnnexCloud.com.